Thanks for checking out the Lakeshore Podcast. If this is your first time listening with us, we want you to know God loves you. We want for your hope in Jesus to be renewed and for your faith to come to life. Wherever you are joining us from, we hope this message encourages you. Without prayer is like trying to live life without air. To be a Christian without prayer is like trying to live life without air. Prayer is meant to be one of our lifelines to God. It's our communication. It's how we talk to Him. It's how we hear from Him. It's how we stay in contact with Him. And if you study the life of Joshua from the time he was Moses' assistant, he was accustomed to spending time with God. He was accustomed to being in God's presence. He learned how to pray. He was a man of prayer. I could say this, Joshua was a follower of God who learned how to pray, to stay in contact with God. I want to show you one of his prayers real quickly as we kind of bounce into today's lesson. In Joshua chapter 10, verses 12 to 13, it's kind of a a, a miraculous story about God answering his prayer. You may have seen it before. It's not something that I look at all the time, and the Lord showed me this, and I thought, this is so good. It says, then Joshua spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered up the Amorites before the children of Israel. So they were in a battle. The Amorites were the enemy of Joshua and the children of Israel. Right in the middle of the battle, Joshua spoke to the Lord. What's another way to say he spoke to the Lord? He what? He prayed to God. And he said, Joshua, he said in the sight of Israel, Son, Stand still over Gibeon and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the people had revenge upon their enemies. And I just want to read verse 14. It says this, There has been no day like that before or after that the Lord listened to the voice of a man. Or the Lord responded to the request of a human voice. Think about that. Joshua's in the middle of battle and he puts up this prayer to God and he speaks authoritatively to the sun and to the moon. And God stops time from moving. And God gives him this incredible victory. How did it happen? It happened because Joshua was confident enough to go to God, to request of God, to ask God to move on behalf of His people. Amen? That's a powerful story. We serve a miraculous God. We serve an incredible God. So the title today, last message in this series, What Can I Pray to Ensure My Family is Saved? And here's the subtitle, it's important, Taking Up My Place in Prayer. Would you say the subtitle with me? Come on. Taking up my place in prayer. Emphasize the words my place. Come on, say it again. Taking up my place in prayer. You and I have a place in prayer that the God wants us to take up in regards to the salvation of our family and our loved ones. Now before 
we get into what can I pray, I want to just remind us real quickly, this is not going to be exhaustive, obviously, but I want to remind us, what is prayer? And what are some of the benefits? Real quickly, real quickly. Most would say prayer is making requests to God or asking things of God or, or communication with God. And those are all good, but I wanted to show this to you. Prayer is God's will and command to receive power from Him, victory through Him, and access to Him. Prayer, listen, is power from Him. Victory through Him and access to Him. To him. Power, victory, access. Say those three weeks. Come on. Power, victory, access. Listen to what Jesus said in Mark eleven seventeen. the first half. He said this. My temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. My temple, the building in which the people of God in the old covenant gathered, my temple will be called a house of what? prayer for all people. And as I was looking at that, I thought the Lord spoke to me prophetically by the Holy Spirit because the Bible says that in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, you as a Christian are the temple of God. I am the temple of God. We are the temple of God. Did you know that it says that in the Bible? You're the temple of God. Think about it. My house, my temple shall be called a house of prayer. You are a house of prayer. You've been made for prayer. You've been made to intercede. You've been made to go to God and ask and request and to intercede and fill in the gap on behalf of your family members. You're a house of God. You're meant for prayer. Think about this with me. Every healthy relationship requires healthy communication. Do you agree with that? Say yes. Right? God not only wants us to have a great relationship with Him, He wants us to have a powerful victorious, full access relationship with Him. So just real clear, again, prayer is power from Him. Say from Him. Yeah, prayer is power from Him. Remember what James says? The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. How do you have great power in prayer? It's not in and through yourself. This great power comes from the power of the Holy Spirit. He empowers you and your prayers become powerful when you pray to God. Prayer is power from God. Next, real quick, prayer grants victory through Him. Prayer grants victory through Him. Listen to this. Someone said, the devil saw me with my head down and thought he won. But when he heard me say amen, he knew he was done. Come on. I, I just don't think that we value prayer as much as we should, especially for our families. Especially for our families. So much of the victory that we need will come through prayers being answered by our great king. Can you say amen? Speaking of great kings... I found this clip from the Lion King. It's only 50 seconds, so if you blink or you fall asleep, you're going to miss it. And I don't want you to miss it because we're going to play it in a moment. And I want to make some connections about the power of prayer 
through our great king and the victory that we get when we go to him in prayer. Let's show that clip nice and loud. That was it? Do it again. If you ever come near my son again. Oh, this is this is your son. Oh, yours? Oh, oh, did you know that? No, me? I, I didn't know. No, did you? No, of course not. No. Ed? Doodles. I love that clip. I love it. I love what the King Lion says. If you ever come near my son again. See, if we live life without prayer, we sound like little Simba's roar all by ourselves. And the enemy laughs at us. But when we lock into the power of the victory through prayer, and we go to God in prayer, our prayer becomes this mighty roar with a mighty king backing our requests. Amen? And when the victory gets wind of that, he backs off and he runs away in defeat. So prayer really is victory through him. Last but not least, I just want to remind you real quick, prayer is our access to him. Somebody say access. Prayer is our access to him. You know the verse. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There, in His presence, there, at His throne, there, before Him, we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. If we live the life with understanding that prayer is power from Him and prayer is victory through Him, And prayer is our access to Him. I'm just convinced that I would pray more regularly. I'm just convinced that I will pray more earnestly. I'm just convinced that I will lift up my loved ones more regularly, more often, more fervently. Think about this. Only a confident child would wake his father at three in the morning to access what he needs. You are that child before your heavenly Father. God is waiting for you to access Him whenever you need Him. Our prayers should be in faith. Our prayers should be in the name of Jesus. And our prayers should be in line with God's will. Listen, and when they are in the name of Jesus, and when they are in faith, and when they are in line with God's will, Jesus said, mountains will move. That's what Jesus said. Look at it with me. It's not on the screen. Matthew, Mark. Mark chapter 11. Real quick. I just want to remind us how powerful your prayers are when you're praying for your family. Mark eleven twenty two through 24, Jesus' words. Jesus answered his disciples and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, 
be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Can somebody say amen? There are mountains in the lives of your family members that they can't move. There are mountains in their lives that they're not going to speak to. There are mountains in their lives that they don't even know are there. And God will show them to you in prayer. And God will give you the faith and the boldness and the confidence to speak to them on behalf of your family and cast them into the sea. God's given us that ability to pray in the name of Jesus, to pray in faith, and to pray in alignment with His will. God wants us to pray for our families. It's His heart. It's His desire for them to be saved, for them to be healed, for them to be restored. Can you say amen? Amen. Okay, now, with all of that as a foundation and as a reminder, real quickly, are you ready to pray for your family? Are you ready to pray for your family members that need Jesus that are lost? Real quick, real quick. Three things I can pray to ensure that my family is saved. By the way, these three things will work for your friends or your neighbors or your colleagues at work. These are universal principle prayers that we can pray that would bring uh, God to work in unsaved loved ones' lives. Number one, I can pray for the Holy Spirit to open their hearts to the truth. I can pray for the Holy Spirit to open their hearts to the truth. Listen to John 6, Jesus said, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. And Jesus said in John 16, 8, And he, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will convict the world about the guilt of sin and the need of a Savior and about righteousness, and about judgment. I don't want us to forget the powerful, gracious work of the Holy Spirit. We can pray for our families' hearts to be open to the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can show them the truth about their need for a Savior. Can you say amen? That's the first thing you can pray. It's biblical. It's an alignment. When you don't know what to pray, you can pray that. And God answers the prayer of a a righteous person. And God wants the Holy Spirit to begin to move and draw unsaved family ones to Him. Number two, I can pray for God to use me to point my family to Jesus. I can pray for God to use me to point my family to Jesus. Now, listen, I have a big family, and I know not all the time it's easy for God to use Uh, me, in my family to point people to Jesus. But I'm looking for those opportunities. Are you? I want you to be looking for those opportunities. About, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago, my family began to have all kinds of divisive conversation about the health of my father. He's with the Lord now. I'm confident of that. He, He died and he went to heaven. But there's been all kinds of division since that happened. Since my mom's passing, Got family members who say they hate each other, who are calling the cops on each other, who don't want to talk to each other. I got a brother who lives in Idaho who just says, I don't want to deal with any drama. I don't want to talk to anybody. By the way, he's been greatly hurt. He's been offended. He's been hurt by church. 
by church family. He's not going to church anymore. He just would rather be by himself just to avoid people. But, but I, I think he's hurt and, he's, and he's, 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 he's scarred and he's got some stuff in there that God doesn't want. It's not good for him. And so I still love him and I think we're okay, but every time I call him, it's very difficult for me. I have to really ask the Lord to help me because he's just one of those guys who just kind of says yes, no, uh-huh, yeah. Doesn't really, really engage in the conversation with me and it's kind of tough. But nevertheless, I'm going to keep calling him. I talked to him last week, and I hadn't talked to him for a little while. And how are you? He goes, oh, not too good. What happened? I fell, and I broke and shattered my hip. He's like 72. He shattered his hip. Oh, that's bad news. He cares for his wife. She's not in the greatest health. They live by themselves in Idaho. Man, that's terrible. How are you getting along? Not very good. I mean, it's going to be six months before that's all healed up. He's got a pin and a rod or something in there. And so his granddaughter's husband came voluntarily to stay with him for like two or three weeks to help them. That's good, right? So we had some conversation about that. He's grateful for that. And our conversation flowed pretty good. I talked to my sister-in-law. I hadn't talked to her for like 10 years. We're not mad at each other. It's just they live over there and I live over here. And I just felt in the moment as I was talking to him, the Holy Spirit had me say, hey, Michael, I just want you to hear this. I want you to know, if I haven't told you in a long time, I want you to hear me loud and clear. Are you listening? Yeah. I love you. You're my brother, and I love you. And, and I was really hoping he would say, well, what, what do you hope somebody says when you say that? I was really hoping he would say that. And he just couldn't get himself to say it. He said, thank you. And I thought, okay, well, that's where he's at. And he needed to hear that. And I think the best he could do at that moment is say thank you. And we ended the call really, really great. And I'm, I'm just pointing him to G. I keep reminding him about God and his grace and his strength in this time. And then two days later, I called my niece, his eldest daughter. It's in the parking lot where I called her. She didn't even know. She didn't know because they haven't talked in two years. All kinds of stuff going on. Come on, it's not just my family, is it? And so I told her, and uh, she said, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. And she said, it's just funny that you called me to tell me this because my husband's aunt just two days ago was talking to me how important it is to forgive and to press into family relationships and not allow anything to get in the way. And she said, if you can send me his new number, I'd really appreciate it. I'm going to try to get up the confidence to call him. And I was able to minister to her and remind her, Lisa, don't forget. Freely you've received his forgiveness. Freely, therefore, give his forgiveness. Especially to your daddy. Amen. And she took that to heart. I talked to her a couple days later. She said, my sister and I sent him a big bouquet of flowers with a get well card. I haven't called him yet, but I think that's the next step. And I was able to encourage her in that. Listen, part of our role as Christians is to keep praying for our families and keep pointing them to Jesus and keep reminding them how important it is for keep family connected and not allow the enemy to come in and to bring division and strife and all of those hurtful and hateful things that the enemy would want to do to destroy us. You can pray 
for God to use you to point people to Jesus. I love Romans 10. It says, and how are they to hear without a preacher? Did you know you're a preacher? You're one who heralds the truth of Jesus. You're one who tells people the truth about Jesus. Take up your pulpit and preach wherever God gives you the opportunity in your family. I don't mean to do what I'm doing right now. I mean to just share the love of God. Keep pointing them back to Jesus. Amen. If you're with me, say amen. Third and final thing. What can I pray to ensure that my family sees Jesus and they have opportunity to come into relationship with him? Here's a big one. I can pray for my family to turn from their sin and receive Christ as Savior. You know, sin has got a grip on so many people. What sin? Sin is missing the mark. Sin is living outside of a relationship with Jesus Christ any way you want to without any thought of God. Sin can be also in a Christian's life who's backslidden. So if you've got family members that say they're Christians but they're backslidden, we can pray for them too to turn from their sin and to receive Christ fresh and anew as their Lord and Savior. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit who draws them. It's the Holy Spirit who convinces them. It's the Holy Spirit who woos them. But we've been assigned to pray for our families. I love what Jesus preached. This was an out-of-the-gate message that he preached after he was anointed and he declared who he was. This is what he preached, Mark 1, 14 and 15. Now, after John was arrested and put in prison, John the Baptist, listen, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the good news, the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, the appointed period of time is fulfilled, completed, and the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is near. I am the king. I brought the kingdom of heaven here. It's near. Step in. He said, repent. Have a change of mind, which issues in regret for past sins and in change of conduct for the better and believe, trust in, rely on, and adhere to the good news, the gospel. I love the amplified version. It just leaves no words out. It makes it so simple to understand. That's the message that Jesus preached. Jesus preached. You need to receive the kingdom, and the way you do that is you repent. You turn your mind around. You turn your life around. You're sorry for your sin and your separatedness from God, and you make Him the Lord and Savior of your life. We can pray that that would happen in our family members' lives. I'm being honest with you. I don't pray these prayers as much as I should for my family. But something's happened this year in COVID. I don't know if I've had a new awakening to the importance of family. It might have to do with all of the, I almost cussed, all of the garbage that we've gone through because of the division in my family. But God is waking us up to the fact that he wants to see whole families saved. Healed and restored. I'm going to just tell you again real quick what uh, Charles Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers said, okay, in a nutshell. He said, salvation isn't by natural birth and grace doesn't run in the natural bloodline. Blood line. 
But many times God will save an individual in a family and then use him or her as a spiritual decoy to bring the rest of the family into the gospel net. You're significant in the salvation of your family. The last thing I want to say, this is a bonus. Pastor Robert, what do I pray when I've already prayed all this? It's a bonus. You ready? I can pray in tongues when I don't know what else to pray. Now, some of you may not be familiar with that. Some of you may be. I don't know where you all with that. But I just want to read a scripture in 1 Corinthians 14.2. It says, when someone speaks in tongues, that's a prayer language. It's not your natural dialect for us English. It's not English. Listen, when someone prays or speaks in tongues, no one understands the word he says because he's not speaking to people, but to God. He is speaking intimate mysteries in the Holy Spirit. So there's a prayer language that comes to those that have been baptized in the Spirit that transcends human understanding, that transcends your natural dialect, and you're praying in a language that only God understands that the Holy Spirit takes and He turns it into a perfect, precise prayer for your family member every time. He knows exactly what, exactly when, exactly how, what needs to be brought up to the throne of grace on behalf of your family member. There's a prayer language that goes beyond our human ability to pray or understand. It's praying in tongues the perfect will of God. Listen, Jesus said, in my name they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Mark 16, 17. Tongues, Jesus prophesied it. The Father intended it. The Holy Spirit enabled it, and the church received it. Amen? Amen? So in closing, listen. Prayer is God's will and command to receive power from Him, victory through Him, and access to Him, and I can pray for my family. Amen. Did you receive from the Spirit and the Word this morning? again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for more messages. If you like what you're hearing, share it with your friends. For more content from Lakeshore and information on services, check us out at lakeshorecf.com.